Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to a day of prayer. We're glad you can join us again for our morning Bible study. Now, Lilith, would you like to pray for us? Yes, I would. Lord, I thank you for today and just for the goodness that you've given us and for the each unique personality that you've given to people, Lord. And I thank you for my family members, Lord, and for the things that you're doing for them and the things that you're doing for your people, Lord. I ask that you continue to guide them and bless them, Lord, and keep them in your tender mercies and loving graces, Lord, and just continue being God the good one that you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah. All right. So we're in 1 Samuel chapter 19. All right. So who wants to open us up in the reading? Uh, we're going to go through the first 16 verses. I will. All right. Charles. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan's son, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning, and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will tell you. Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good towards you. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood, to kill David without a cause? So Saul heard the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence, as in time past. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines, and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with a spear in his hand. And David was playing music with his hand. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence, and he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, said to him, told, no, sorry, told him, saying, If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. So Michael let David through a window, and he went and fled and escaped. And Michael put an image and laid it in the bed, put a covered goat's hair for his head, and covered it with clothes. So when Saul sent messenger to take David, she said, He is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers back to see David, saying, Bring him up to me in the bed, that I may kill him. And when the messengers had come in, there was an image in the bed with a covered goat's hair for his head. Uh -huh. There's a lot in here. Mm -hmm. But uh, I want to open it up to you guys first to share what 
the Lord, through His Holy Spirit, has given to you. Promise. Kind of knows that when that Saul told Jonathan and his servants to go kill David, that instead of just allowing the Lord to minister to him and asking what he should do, he told his servants and his son to go David. Then I also found it interesting that the distressing spirit came on Saul after they was fighting with the most Philistines. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And that even after Jonathan told him that he, why would he kill somebody innocent, that Saul still sought to kill him. Okay, so why did you find that interesting? Because if he had really changed, then he would have not tried to pin David to the wall again. Okay. Well, that's that part. What about the first part? You mentioned when Jonathan and Saul. What did you find interesting about that? That was trying to use other people's hands against David. So he said, I won't do it. But he gave the order to other people initially. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Anyone else? I kind of found it interesting that one is said that David was playing music with his hand and saw a spoon in his hand. I found it interesting the correlation that Lord showed me. It also talks about their personality and how they acted. David was peaceful and ministering to the Lord, where Saul was angry and seeking to kill. Lord showed me that there is a correlation between what they had in their hands. That's why it's specifically told, because it says he played music, he played the harp, but it never says. It was sitting down, but in this one, he it specifically says he has in his hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyone else? I found interesting. Oh, you're going to say something. Okay, go ahead, sir. I also found interesting that Mike would, uh, Miguel, that she, instead of going, that it proves that she kind of loved um, David, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean, that she was willing to tell David something instead of going, oh, well, it's you, not me, and was 
not willing to get him killed. Okay. That's nice. But she let him down through the window and put the little dummy mannequin together. Helped him escape. Yep. In the bed. Wasn't that like, what was her name? But Joshua? Rahab. Rahab. And the spies? Yes. And okay. she let them down through the window too. And some similarities. There are. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the beginning real quick. All right. So you have uh, Saul and Jonathan. What I find interesting there is the Lord always tries to teach us, to educate us. Right? Yes. In this part, he's doing so through, well, Saul's son, Jonathan. Saul's already clearly seen the hand of the Lord upon David. And that David clothes a man after the Lord's heart and seeks to just follow the Lord in all things, in everything. Now, there's no doubt that Saul's already seen this. Yet he's still trying to kill, eliminate David. But the Lord sends Saul's son to, I'll say, teach his father about I'll say David's nature and his character and mostly what the Lord's doing in and through him. He again presents an opportunity to come back as the Lord presents the opportunity for Saul to kind of come back into alignment. And for a brief time, it sounds like he he does. But there's the other issue which is remaining. And I, I bring this up because well, that's something we have to look at in our own lives. How many times has the Lord come and ministered or brought something to us, well, you know, th- through one of his servants or whether through that or us directly? Because he always starts with us first. Mm-hmm. But then, if we're not listening, he will send someone else to tell us, to minister to us. But then there's the, the choice. Either we're going to, as uh, come into alignment with it, apply it to our lives and carry it out or we're not and it's more than just lip service we see that right here you can't just say okay yeah I won't I'm not going to do this act or whatever it is I'm not going to sin against the Lord or against in this case he says um, Jonathan I saw why then will you sin against innocent blood and kill David without a cause he says, okay, I'm not going to do that. That's right. Yeah, that's in. I'm not going to do that. But then here we are. It doesn't say exactly how long after this. However, he clearly didn't remain in that. He went back on his word. Actually, on his vow to the Lord. Because mm-hmm. he swore. As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. That was Saul's words. Right, we've talked about this actually in covering First Samuel. How we're to pay our vows to the Lord. Scripture tells us this, encourages us to do that. So if we're saying to the Lord we're going to do something or not do something, then we should do that. Or not do whatever it was that we said we were or weren't going to do. All right? Follow through. There's faithfulness, there's trustworthiness, there's integrity in that. 
And Jesus told us in Matthew 5, verse 34, But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither Absolutely. by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Absolutely. Which is why we have the pattern example in Christ, who only said what the Father said to say, and only did what the Father said to do. Mm-hmm. Nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. So that's why I bring this up, because it's, that's our pattern example. That's how we should be living and conducting our lives. Mm-hmm. Because in doing so, it gives no room for the enemy. Absolutely. For the devil. Mm-hmm. You can't have a footstool. You can't have a, a place or access into your life. All right, what did Jesus say in the garden? We've got to go because the rule of the world's coming, but he has nothing in me. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a hook. There wasn't anything that could be pulled or drawn on, a string that he could grasp. or A button to push. Nothing. we're living that way isn't that the pattern example won't the world then know that we are Christ's disciples if the church the, which is the body of Christ comes in and lives in that manner yes. only in that manner then what can anyone else say it, it takes away all accusations then the only thing there is is to to lie against the truth, right? Like you see with, with Christ in the whole trial before they crucified him. Right? Yes. Okay. Because they're not saying what people are going to do what they're going to do. But it is incumbent upon us to walk with the Lord mm-hmm. only. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Okay. You going to say something else, honey? Uh, no, not at this time. I'm just listening. Okay. What did you have? Um, so Promise brought up an interesting thing about um, Promise and, and the Charles about um, being at war with the Philistines and then now you have this distressing spirit that comes again. And we've already talked yep. about it's not from the Lord. They didn't have an understanding that there were other spiritual forces at work. So they could tell this is not natural, but they didn't understand that God is who he is and he's only good. And then there is a, an adversary, the devil, who um, walks about as a roaring lion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's in one of the teachings from last week. So if you haven't had a chance to go listen, go back and listen to that teaching. Um, but we'll just kind of pick up here and... We know God has already said you can't be both good and bad. Mm-hmm. God, there's no variation or shadow in turning in the Lord. He's not good sometimes and bad at others. So he can't both be ministering in upon David for peace and coming through him, right, <clears throat> and his, his worship and his playing to minister peace. And then at the same time, he's working murderous things through Saul. In the same room. You, yeah, he's not like that. He's not good and bad. He does not do evil things. He's not a murderer. That is only the devil who cometh not but to steal kill and destroy absolutely so um yes he's, he's not a, a duality figure god is not dual he's not hot and cold good and bad yes and no 
we just read Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's all, always and only good. Yes. The, but the point I wanted to bring up is this. The Lord always makes a way of escape. Mm-hmm. Right? Even when Saul sought to pin David to the wall, he was able to flee. Right? Slipped away from Saul's presence. When Saul drove the spear into the wall, he fled and escaped. He goes to his house. And the Lord also ministers through, through Michael, David's wife. Right? Who again warns David. It's not that David wasn't listening to the Lord. There is a, a sense of uh, being in a heightened, uh, I'll say, state of awareness or heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. So they, the Lord sends counsel through his wife. He says, Hey, if you don't leave tonight, if you don't flee, they will kill you by the morning. So. When the Lord, and I bring all that up to say this, the Lord sends us, he's constantly talking to us. So there's a, an aspect of listening to what he's saying mm-hmm. and then applying it immediately. Be on the lookout. Do what he says to do. He Believe provides a way of escape. You have to take it. Yes. Believe what he's saying to you. Trust him. Believe him. And then... Take his counsel, absolutely. Right. Like, immediately. This, you find this, this pattern throughout all of Scripture. Look at Philip and Acts, right? And I was like, hey, just go down through this road in this desert. What's it say? He immediately got up and went. And you find that throughout Scripture. And immediately, the Lord said, go somewhere. Immediately, they got up and went. Mm-hmm. When the Lord tells us something, sometimes it is, okay, let's wait on the Lord. But typically, if he says, go... That means now. Doesn't mean wait three months or a year. Or that means go. Mm-hmm. Right, but especially, he, we talked about he provides a way of escape. Mm-hmm. Well, if I need to to escape to get out of a situation, that doesn't mean I have time to to linger or um, dabble in it a little bit. <laughs> right, <longer>. exactly. <laughs> no, that means now, yesterday, mm-hmm. get out. Take this, mm-hmm. this course, this path that the Lord's given you. Mm-hmm. And he does that. And as you see, true to the warning, by the morning, David would have been killed. Mm-hmm. The Lord, There's no counsel against the Lord. He knows all things. He knows the thoughts and intentions of everyone's heart. Yes, he does. And that's part of the, the covering and the, the safekeeping. God gave, a, he gave us a promise, right, to protect us. And so one of the ways that he carries it out, it doesn't always mean stand there and fight and have a battle and duel it out. No. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm strong. That, that, no, just go do what God says. Sometimes he does say run, run away from here. Sometimes he does say that. Sometimes he does say stand your ground and fight. Sometimes he says, wait a second, I'm going to do something else. But the wisdom that comes from God is a protection for us, not just Yes, we have the ministering spirits that bear us up in their hands and things of that nature, but he gave us his counsel and his spirit first and foremost to listen to what he's going to say to us, listen to what he tells us to do. If he's like, hey, don't walk down that dark alley, then don't take your rump into the dark alley. Don't go down there because there's probably somebody there waiting to beat you up. But don't 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this alley because you're with me, God. If he said go away from the alley, that was his counsel. That was his safekeeping for you. Don't override it and then expect that you're gonna be kept safe because now you're in disobedience. You see how there's a different dichotomy there? Yes. Just like when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, right, after he'd fasted in the wilderness and the devil took him up to the pinnacle of the temple or whatever they were on, and he said, Throw yourself down. Right? Yes. The angels will catch you. If you're the son of God, they're going to catch you and bury you up unless you dash your foot against the stone. That is a promise for us in the word, but not that way. God said, then he said, no, wait a second. It is written, do not tempt the Lord your God, neither put him to the test. God didn't tell him to throw himself off that pinnacle and he was going to catch him. God didn't say that. So that is an assumption and a presumption, and it's prideful. You're going to catch me, Lord. Yeah, no, wait. <laughs> Wait a second. No. Not how that works, exactly. Exactly. So there's. Can't twist it. Exactly. You have to take God's word as it is. You have to do what he's saying and what he intends for you to do, not try to make up your own situation and go, God, jump into this box. Dance monkey. Do what I said. God is not a monkey. He is not your object. He is the Lord God Almighty. So if he says, hey, get up and get out of here, and just so you know, it's me talking to you, I've sent multiple witnesses. Listen to my voice. So if David had stayed there and be like, no, don't put that goat hair on this little statue thing or whatever. I'm, I'm going to get in the bed. I'm going to sleep peaceably in my own, in my own house. Yeah. They would have been poking him with spears in the morning, poking in his bed to kill him. Or whatever time. They were on their way then. So listen to what God says. Take the path and the plan that he has for you. Don't try to carve out your own way. His way is easy but requires obedience. Don't try to make your own way. And they go, the, the anointing's going to carry me over here. The anointing is for obedience, mm -hmm. not disobedience. Exactly. I, you know, I kind of, I, I had an issue with, they had images in their household. I, I did as well, yes. The Michael, she took an image. Mm -hmm. That's a household idol. Exactly. It was a pretty good size one if it's going to fool somebody that it's David's body. Yep. Lately, you have this look of confusion on your face. Now, here David is. He is a man of God, a righteous man of God, who God is clearly verifying that I'm with him, that, you know, and he's exalting him in every situation that he comes to. But yet, there's still this idolatry happening in his house. Now, I understand it's probably his wife's idol, more than likely. But still, it's kind of like, aw. Don't set up any images for yourself. No, absolutely not. And if you find that you're a little bit more attached to something than you should be, get rid of it. You know, let God have that. And make sure that your heart stays clean and pure towards him. Now, I, I have no doubt that David was So, so let's just clarify this. for a second. Because what's referring to here is a statue of some kind. Mm. But what you were just talking about was not just statues. It was anything. Any, anything whether it's children or um, car or whatever, right? Or, I mean, it could be anything. It could be <laughs> Throw a, your children away. No, no, that, that's not what we're saying. No, but you know, video games or whatever it is, money, whatever, right? Whatever. Um, get your heart. Get your heart in line with the Lord. Mm -hmm. That he, the Lord, is above whatever that thing is. That he's God. And it, it, it takes back the place that it is. Money is not bad. 
The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Children are a blessing and inheritance from the Lord, but you should not worship them. Like, God, I can't listen to you because I've got to serve my children. I've got to do whatever they want me to do. Whoa. No. He's the one that gave you the children. So he should be the one instructing you and counseling you on how to go about raising them, what's good for them and what's not good for them. You should not be afraid to lose your children or afraid of this, that, and the other. He should always remain as God. Isn't that exactly how we started this, right? Looking at Samuel, his mother was willing and able mm -hmm. and ready to do that exact thing. She committed him to the Lord. Committed him to the Lord and, mm -hmm. and didn't try to hang on to him. Mm -hmm. Gave him to the Lord and, mm -hmm. said, and was faithful to, I'll say, the vow she made to the Lord. Hey, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to raise him a little bit mm -hmm. so he can function, and then I'm giving him to you. And she did that at a very Absolutely. early age. Absolutely. And, you know, people oftentimes look at me like so perplexed because I love, I love you for, but Absolutely. you all know <laughs> if there comes a place where you force me to choose between you and the Lord, taking Jesus every Absolutely. time, I, I just, he is the Lord, my God. And the thing about that is, is if I, if I seek to save my own life and to keep you, then I'll end up losing you. But if I commit you to the Lord, I know that you'll be safe. Because he can reach you in a way that I cannot. But if I keep my focus on him, I have nothing to worry about because he's the one that's got it all. I can't. I can't do it. So mm -hmm. if I want to save your life, then I will definitely stay submitted to him. And people are probably going, how? That's so crazy. Does that mean I'm going to abandon my children and not care for them? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Jesus says even the heathens do that. So, of course, I'm going to care for my family and my household. But I am going to also mandate that the things of God are what we carry out in my household. And I'm going to Amen. stick to the plan and the path that God has set before me. And when he says, do something, I'm going to do it. When he says, hey, don't, don't do, do that, that, I won't be doing it. <laughs> That's right. Even your discipline is on the counsel of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, what do you think about this? I'm always listening. What do you say about this? What do you have for this young man or that, that young lady? And I don't do what I want to do with you. I do what he asked me to do, what he says, because he loves you far more than I ever could. And if I really love you, then I'll teach you to keep God's commandments. That's it. Not aid and abet you in going far away from him, because there's, no, there's nothing good outside of God. There's nothing good in the world. So why would I say, I love you, but let you go to hell, as much as depends on me? I wouldn't do that. Nope. You won't learn about that here. No. You'll just learn about the Lord, his nature, his character, and be encouraged and admonished and taught and equipped to follow in the Lord and the things of him. Mm -hmm. That's all you're going to find here. Mm -hmm. Now, you have a choice to make, especially when you grow up and you are uh, the boss, as we'll say, mm -hmm. um, as in mm -hmm. you're in the place to make the decisions for your own household, what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You hear me say this all the time. In this house, we're going to serve the Lord. Absolutely. It's not even an option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or I should say there is no other option. Not for this house. No. No, there's not. So. Layla, did you have a question about something? Or an observation that you made? No, I just thought the image she was shoving clothes and shoes in the bed, like Promised on TV shows, not actually thinking it was a statue. I thought it was like a statue, like, uh, during the time... Like maybe sticks? Like, no, like during the time they often had sculptors like make images of the king and it was given to the daughters. 
to decorate their house. So I thought perhaps that's what this it's was. Creepy. It can't be because Saul's too tall. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like in I don't know that it was made to scale there. Because <laughs> I don't think she would have been moving that. Right? Um, well, if you look in your Bible, right next to that word an image or that, that word and, there's a number two there. And then if you track down to the bi the bottom of your or the middle of your page, it tells you what that uh-huh. what they actually were talking about. Do you have that in your Bible? No. Okay, no, I have it in mine, words. and and in mine it says an image, and it says household idols. So that's where I got that from in Hebrew teraphim. So it's it's something else. Um, like little people have statues of things. Um, well, you brought up uh, last last time about. Um, Laban, right, and mm-hmm. even his daughter, she oh. sat on household idols to hide them. Right? Rachel, Rachel, yes, thank you. Rachel sat on the household idols to hide them. She brought them with her. They were of value and importance to her that she stole from her father. Neither of them should have had them in the first place, but. Mm-hmm. Neither here nor there, as in, that's not the point we're making. But the fact that she was unwilling to just let that go, lay it before the Lord, she chose to take them with her and hide them. Mm-hmm. Well, this clearly is much bigger than, than that because she can just sit on it, right? She used it to fool guards into thinking it was a, an actual person. Mm-hmm. But, Might have um, been some straw under there, too, or who knows. But right. It was... It was more than just a little handheld one because we were like, we know that's, hey, that's not him. I thought it was like a bust. It was something enough for him to have a big head to put some goat hair on and fool people. But as you can see, there's nothing new under the sun. People have been stuffing mannequins and dummies in their beds. Or drawing the face in basketball. <laughs> They've been doing all kinds of stuff um, to fool people. So. Right. Either way, of course, still the same. Don't, mm-hmm. don't allow those things in your life. Mm-hmm. Give it to mm-hmm. the Lord, and and get rid of it, right? You don't need yes. carved images. We have the Lord that lives and dwells yes. in us, that abides in us, mm-hmm. and we should abide in Him. You know, and I understand. I realize that tattooing is a big deal, especially in American culture at this time, mm-hmm. and and it has you know other implications that are more ancient in time, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but. If you want to remember the Lord, he wants to be written on the tablet of your heart. He wants your word in his heart, not all over the outside of your body. Okay? And fellas and ladies, you're growing up, and you're going to be like, oh, I could just do that. That's real cool. But did God ask you to do that? Or did he say instead, circumcise your heart? I know it's a little bit, little bit different than a, a physical household idol, but it's an idol nonetheless building an image right on top of what god has already given you what he said for you is enough and if you want to remember his counsel or people oh i got this for the lord whoa he asked you for you for your heart Uh so if you want to remember him write his word on the tablet of your heart let him minister to you okay and and keep yourself for him not condemning people that already have to that have tattoos and enjoy them but i'm also telling you be honest about it. Jesus asked for your heart, mm-hmm. not for you to mark the outside of your body. Okay? Yes. So keep that for him. 
And if he marked you, right? We, we see that in Revelation. They have a name written on them from the Father. Hey, yes. hallelujah. Glory to God for that. We'll accept it. <laughs> Take that. But that's it. That's one's not the same as the other. So. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's continue. Okay. Verse 17 through the end of the chapter. I will read that, darling. All right. Then Saul said to Michael, Why have you deceived me like this and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped? And Michael answered Saul, He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and stayed in Naoth. Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is at Naoth with, in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David, and they saw the group. And when they saw the group of prophets prophesying, and Samuel standing as leader over them, the spirit of God came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. And when Saul was told, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Then Saul sent messengers again the third time, and they prophesied also. Also, excuse me. Then he also went to Ramah and came to the great well that is at. Siku. So he asked and said, Where are Samuel and David? And someone said, Indeed, they are at Naoth and Ramah. So he went there to Naoth and Ramah. Then the Spirit of God was upon him also, and he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth and Ramah. And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? All right. mm, that, you know what that reminds me of when Elijah was sitting on the thing and they were like, hey, man of God, get down here. <laughs> and they were burned up with fire. He called fire down and yeah. consumed them. Twice. And what was that? Uh, what was it? King Ahab kept uh -huh. sending men. They were going to go get him. And his wife with Jezebel, they were going to go get him. And they kept saying, hey, man of God. And they were sent on a mission three times. The last one got smart and said, hey, sir, uh, excuse me. Have mercy. Please, <laughs> sir, if you don't mind. You know, he came respectfully. Mm -hmm. But the ones before him got burned up, and it just it just kind of tickled me how the Lord was like, oh, you're going to go kill him? That's okay. You just come on over here and prophesy. I got something for you. And But it reminded me of that, mm -hmm. that particular. Yes. Anyone else? Have any, anything the spirits revealed they want to share? Or do you have a question about anything? Yeah, there's that too. I wonder why they keep saying, it's all also among the prophets. I don't get why the people keep saying that. Because so <laughs> killed David. What? <laughs> so I'm like, I don't get it. I was like, if you do your math, he prophesied before, then he changed. He was good then. Then he changed, and then he was bad. Then he tried to kill David, and he's still bad. Well, I don't get it. Think of it kind of like this way. If you see okay we'll take a group of musicians and then somebody new joins in they may play a song with them once and you're like are they a musician too can do they possess the same skill and then you see it again maybe not in the same time but you see it later and you're like are you a musician well no it's just this one time it causes you to ask a question like when i see Bubby doing your math i go is he smarter than me <laughs> <laughs> more like he guesses Lord. Mm -hmm. And if I see it again, yeah. I'm like, surely he's smarter than I am. 
So <laughs> sorry for you. Kyla is in college. Layla, who you just heard speaking, is going to the 10th grade. And LaCharles, who we call Bubby, um, LaCharles is going to the 8th grade. So LaCharles sometimes does math with Kyla, who is in college, um, and taking calculus and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But that's, so that's what they're talking about, or mm -hmm. what Layla's speaking about. Yes. Well, yes, and it, it's a question. And they're on the outside looking in. All they're doing is looking at outward displays and appearances and going, oh, oh well, we know who these people are, and this is what they do on a regular basis, but they don't know the inner workings of what's happening, that these people are coming to get him, you know, they're trying to track down David, and the Lord's just intervening. So they don't understand all that. They're just looking at, oh, is this what's going on now? You know, almost like they're sitting on their outside their tent eating popcorn <laughs> at their houses watching all these folks go by. And you know, what the heck is going on with them? So. Anyone else? I found it interesting when someone was asking his daughter why she lied. And she said that I found it interesting that she decided to lie about it. Mm -hmm. And said, he said, let me go. Why should I kill you? I mean, what other excuse could she have given? Well, well. Yeah, I get that. Why did she lie and why did she make it sound like David was going to kill her? I get what you're saying. When clearly he loved her and was tender and gentle towards her and gentle towards everybody, as a matter of fact. And yeah, that did seem out of the way, didn't it? It did, but I was like, what else could she have said? Some may have. The truth? Dad, you're crazy. <laughs> Stop trying to kill him. The truth, right? She should be someone of integrity. I mean, it wouldn't have been taken. Who'd she lie to? Her dad. The first to messengers. Right? Yes. And her dad. Yes. Right, but then even before that, it was acts of deception with trying to have this whole statue thing take the place of David, right? Yes. So it shows a lot of, you know, nature and character. But or should we be surprised? There's not a life that's wholly submitted to the Lord. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that you can't protect people. But at the same time, truth is the greatest thing you, you have. and only comes from the Lord. The truth. Mm -hmm. I don't mean someone else's truth or... My truth. Nah, right. you lied. You nope. lied. That's not it. You lied, and you're lying. Don't exactly. say that. The truth. There is one truth. That's the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, He's the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, He is. Truth sets people free. Yes. So, if you're saying lies to try to cover things up, this is going to perpetuate the situation, is it not? If we not realize that in our own lives, yes. what's, what ends up being the outcome? How situation about a gets better. Situation gets better. No, no it doesn't. Leaning on the wall, if you consider that better. <laughs> Discipline. Yes. Discipline comes. Okay. Well, in this case, it's clearly serious. It's not just, oh, I want to get out of this, yeah. right? 
that's what she's thinking. Mm. I want to get out of this situation. Right? She's, she's torn. Mm. I'll say dual loyalties, if you will, mm-hmm. between her father and her husband. Because clearly she wanted to protect her husband. But at the same time, now it's put her in, in bad light, if you will, or she senses that. So now she's trying to protect her own self. But just like Samuel did, didn't mm-hmm. She should have asked the Lord. Exactly. Lord, when he comes, what he's going to try to kill me. What What do I do? Right? When Samuel, when God said, Samuel, go anoint my own king that I have for myself. Right? Samuel's like, wait, Lord. Saul's going to kill me. If he sees me, he's going to kill me. God said, no, take this thing with you and go sacrifice to me there. Right? He gave him something to make him honest and still go accomplish what God said. So he didn't have to lie to anybody. So God is able to do that. But if lying is your friend, right, yes. then you're not going to take the time to listen to the counsel and the wisdom of the Lord, which lying should never be your friend. It should not be a tool that you use. Like, I, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket. So if I need to lie, I'm going to slap my ace in the hole down. And I got this. And it's, you know, you're using it. Develop your character. Integrity is important. Because you can do what God tells you to do, and he will give you something so that you're not violating his word or violating your own conscience. Okay? And sometimes you just say, well, tell him what I said. I got this. But don't lie. Because God is not a liar. Right? And he does not make ways for us through lies. He doesn't use lies to carry his will about. He's not a liar. Lies don't come from him. So you don't need to lie to help God. Does that make sense? Yes. Just ask him, Holy Spirit, what do I say? The whole, the New Testament where Jesus was telling the disciples when he sent them out, he said, don't worry about what you're going to say. Right? Yes. Yes, they're going to persecute you. Yes, they're going to do these things, and they're going to try to do this to you in every city. They're going to try to do that. Don't worry about it. I will provide for you. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to say in the moment. He will provide provisions for you. Don't even take two cloaks and two bags with you. Take what you need. I got the rest. So let's trust him to do what he said he would do. He doesn't need your lie to make him truthful. Eh, Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul addresses that. Do we need sin so that way we can see the truth? No, absolutely not. God is who he is. The truth is what it is, regardless of what I do. So... He doesn't need me to lie to help him accomplish his will. He's got enough answers. He's good enough. He's strong enough. He's wise enough. He's all-powerful enough. He's got enough to take care of me. And why fear men who can only kill the body if, if somehow that is allowed when I should be fearing the one who can throw both the body and soul into hell? So, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, give no provision to the flesh. Because that lie opens the door for the enemy. God is at work, right? God is, he's carrying out his mission and his, his plan and his vision in the earth. And all he needs me to do is cooperate with him. But when I lie, I open the door for the enemy to come in. Right? Yes. So, no, give no place to the enemy. Go, Holy Spirit, what should, what should I do? If you're doing something and people are coming to challenge you, God told you to do something and they're coming to challenge you, like, uh, help him escape. That's fine. That's great. She should do that. 
But then don't stop there and go, now I'm going to take it and finish it out in my flesh. Don't stop there. Go, okay, Holy Spirit, tell me what, what do I say? What do I do? Lord, help me. Even if you don't know the perfect words, Jesus, he's got it. God, help. Help, Lord. He's got it. He understands what you need. Okay? So trust him enough to do that. Trust him enough to keep going with him, to keep asking him, keep seeking him out. Don't ever take it off in your flesh and try to do your own thing. Do you understand that? Yes. Okay. Okay. So we, we kind of brought it up earlier about all the people that came that also ended up prophesying, right? To include Saul, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what is every, how does everybody understand that part of Scripture? What do you mean, like, why they start prophesying? Or? There's that, but let's also remember, Saul went there to go see both David and Samuel. Because that's where David went. Not to his dad's house, he went to Samuel to find Samuel, the person who anointed him to be king. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it already says that Saul did not see Samuel until the day that Samuel died. But here he is in the same place with him. So how do you understand that? I mean, I don't think Saul saw Samuel personally. Like, I actually got to go see him and talk to him, maybe more at a distance in a glance. He didn't get to talk to him. It says the Spirit came, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he prophesied. Well, I know that. That's what I'm saying. So it can't be Saul actually saw Samuel, but it was more like at a glance, and he wasn't in total function of his being, so he couldn't be like, oh, there's Samuel. I need to go talk to Samuel. What What do you think about it, honey? Or what what's the Lord saying to you? Well... Have you ever seen the Spirit of the Lord come upon somebody? And they do things that are, I'll say, not characteristic of that, right? So we have, like, even in Jeremiah, as he right? They say, and I fell on my face like a dead man. Right? Yes. The Lord is ministering to them. They couldn't tell you what was going on or happening in that room. But they know what the Lord was saying and, and the things that were happening to them in the Lord, under the Spirit, or in the Spirit, I should say. Mm. Um, I think that's what happened there. And the Lord was, I'll say, trying to work on. Giving them another chance for sure. Right, exactly. Um, that's, that's my thoughts, because it also says that he is stripped down naked all day and all night, right? Well, there is the, the aspect, right? We can go all the way back to Genesis, right? And talking about Adam and Eve in the garden mm-hmm. and how they were naked and unashamed. Mm-hmm. But then when they were, when their eyes were open, they knew that they were naked. And, well, they, they were, were ashamed. ashamed. They, they sewed fig leaves together, tried to cover themselves. When we come into the presence of the Lord, and there is no sin, no spot, wrinkle, blemish, we are, we stand naked before him, Right. Yes. Actually, we all can. things are open and naked before all is what things, the word yes, says. Exactly. Even though you try to put clothes on, he still, <laughs> still like sees everything. Exactly. So, 
And this is nothing sexual. It's not a no, sinful no. thing because guess how you popped out of your mommy's womb and every baby after you. Nobody comes out with a suit and tie on. Nobody comes out with a beanie and a pair of socks and a diaper. Naked, <laughs> you came from your mother's womb. And naked to return, right? That's, okay. that's exactly what Job says. So, But it's about how we are to be in the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. yes. We don't need coverings. We don't need any of that. There is the being pure, spotless, you know, without blemish. Open. Open to the Lord. Because mm -hmm. we may have some blemishes that he needs to clean up. True. Yep. But we don't have, we're not putting anything in between us. We're not trying to cover ourselves in God's presence and hide from him. We are showing ourselves openly to the Lord. Okay. So uh, that's, that's what I get out of this. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you talk to them afterwards, uh, like people that, you know, I'll say come under the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and they go down. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're on the floor. There's, I'll say, no control. They just they lay there, and actually it's, it's kind of funny when, you know, uh, little children see that, and they ask, yeah. are they dead? No, no, they're, the Lord's ministering to them. They're not dead, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, and then they go to get up, and they're they're kind of wobbly, or you know, however the Lord decides to to minister to them. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't tell you anything that happened in the room that they're at. Mm -hmm. They just the the presence of the Lord and what He was ministering to them through the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, of course, was more real to them in that moment than anything else going on around them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened to all these people, and in and in particular Saul. Well, that's a blessing to go there with wrong intentions and still and have an encounter with the Lord that you could come back changed from. Right, because again, it's, as we said, when he first came into this, right, and the Lord first anointed him king, same thing. Right? Is Saul mm -hmm. one of the prophets? Or also among the prophets? Mm -hmm. Is he one of them? They notice there is a difference. Mm-hmm. The, the question is, will we remain? So in this, I also see that there's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. However, we have to remain. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Mm -hmm. Oh, the, one last thing. One last thing. Notice how this didn't come through a person. What do you mean, Dad? So, like, I, I brought up, up about how, you know, when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon people, and, you know, they will say go down in the Spirit. You know what I mean? And um, it's not about, in here, it doesn't even say that Saul talked to anybody. Nobody laid hands on him, right? Yeah. The Spirit will do what he wants. Right, he gives gifts, he gives all these things as he wills. Yes. He will minister as he wills. So none of that was even needed. Because Saul still didn't get a chance to see or speak to Samuel until the day he died. So I just want to bring that out. It's not necessarily about uh, someone laying hands on somebody and then them going down. No. It's none of the, 
has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the Holy Spirit moving as He wills. Yes. Through His power, which is the Lord, the Lord's power and the Lord's might, and ministering to the individual how the, how the Lord chooses. Uh, well, Charles, you were going to say something, sir. I also find it interesting that they say it's also among the prophets. They don't say that about Samuel, so it shows that he acts one way, but he also does these things. Is he a prophet or is he not? Because when Samuel, they didn't have to ask that question because his actions already showed mm -hmm. that the Lord was constantly in his life. Mm -hmm. But Saul's were sometimes... The Lord's there, sometimes he's not. It was fickle. So I think that's also another reason they may have asked that question. That is an interesting uh, perspective of things, right? But let's look at even the New Testament, right? The Apostle Paul says, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, shepherds, teachers, right? There are different gifts. Now, clearly, the, the gift, the office, of a prophet is, I'll say it's different, but it's recognizable. And Samuel, in this case, has the reputation of having the office and gifting as that of a prophet or of a prophet. It's not known that Saul does not fit into that that office, that I'll say category, for lack of a better way to phrase it, that gifting. But even apostles can be used to prophesy. Pastors can be used to prophesy. Teachers. Each person can be used to prophesy. It doesn't make them a prophet. Right? It's just the Lord speaking through them. As he wills. Right? What did Moses say? Don't be jealous for my sake. I wish that all would prophesy. All right? The Apostle Paul says something similar. Okay. So everybody can be used to, to prophesy, which is to speak the word of the Lord. It doesn't make someone a prophet. Simply there's other factors. So if you put man-made perspective on it, right? Frequency and how often, and right? And all these other, I'll say... And whether or not the word comes it, to pass. Is it accurate? <laughs> That's exactly. Did it happen or not? Samuel, God said he didn't let one word of his fall to the ground. So that means two things. He only said what God told him to say. And when he did that, God carried it out. Mm -hmm. So, um, now for, for people that I'll say don't know. It's not difficult. Oh, well, this person's a prophet too, right? But that comes with discernment, which is a gift, another gift of the Holy Spirit. Ability to discern. This is of the Lord, this isn't, right? Whatever. Or, and or, I'll say, the ministry, the office that the Lord has given somebody. All right? If he receives a prophet in the name of a prophet, receives a prophet's reward. Okay. But that's not, Saul was not a prophet, but he was used to prophesy. At least twice. 
and also for a significant length of time, each time. But his office was that of a king. That's what the Lord had given him. A ruler, right? And, and in that is also supposed to be a teacher of Israel. You're supposed to be a pattern, or as we all are, a pattern example of teaching, instructing, encouraging people to follow the Lord. How to correctly follow the Lord. It's not through religious traditions, but it's actually having a personal, intimate, in-depth relationship with the Lord. Where he can talk to you. Yeah, uh, through his word, absolutely. But in dreams and visions and, and however he decides, however he chooses to communicate with you. And it's not always going to be the same way every time. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, it may be. It's however the Lord decides. Mm -hmm. And his voice is just as important as his word. He won't violate his word. He won't violate what's written in Scripture. But uh, what Bible did Moses have? Did Abraham have? No Bible. No, but they fashioned their life and their relationship with the Lord in such a way where they knew him. They knew his voice. He spoke to them. And they knew it as truth. To be truth. That's a place where we all should get to. Where we need to get to. And that's where the guidance comes from. Yep, you're going to be able to look it up in Scripture too. Because mm -hmm. again, the Lord doesn't violate His own word. Mm -hmm. He's dead. He's dead. You know my voice. You know your mother's voice. So when we say something, you know it's true. We can write down the instructions too. But they're not going to violate each other. They're not going to contradict each other. It's going to be the same thing. And we are not infallible. God is infallible. <laughs> Absolutely. God is perfect. Amen. We also have the mind of Christ. And if we are saying what he says to say, and doing what he instructs us to do or commands us to do, then... Well, guess what? There's no fault that can come out of that. Because the Lord is truth. He's perfect. Right? Yes. Okay. We are told to be perfect, to be holy, as He is. Any other questions or comments? Or? No. Okay. So I'll say this in closing, right? Let's be like the Lord, perfect and holy, listening to his voice, allowing the Holy Spirit to, <clears throat> to move in our lives and minister to us our needs, but then also that we can, through his leading, minister the needs of others, of those around us, right? Exhibiting the Lord's nature, his character, his ways in our lives. Yes. Yes. All right. Judge, you want to close us out in prayer, sir? Yes. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. Just thank you for everything that you've been doing, Lord, and just giving us this knowledge and 
wisdom lord and showing us how to correctly apply it and where to lord lord i also thank you for blessing everybody and making it where we each are unique in you lord and that we're all not the same lord and that you give us all talents that we can be that can be used for you lord in Jesus' name amen amen God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.